Well, I guess from now on, it is pregnant people. Uh, abortion has been in the news a lot lately, I'm sure you've noticed. Uh, and it's become clear that Democrats believe it's not only women who get pregnant. Listen to this creep. I don't know her name. She's an abortion provider testifying before Congress about the new law in Texas. SB8 has not only caused a near total abortion ban in Texas, it has made it extremely dangerous to be pregnant in Texas, where our maternal morbidity and mortality rate is already unconscionably high, especially for black women and pregnant people of color. Texas deserves better. I know firsthand that abortion saves lives. For the thousands of people I've cared for, abortion is a blessing. Abortion is an act of love. Abortion is freedom. We need federal protection now. We need laws that elevate science and evidence and recognize the dignity and autonomy of people accessing care. Yeah, abortion's a blessing and uh, they're pregnant people. What a creep. And then there is this headline from The Hill today. Uh, quote, CDC strongly urges pregnant people to get COVID-19 vaccine. So it's done matter-of-factly now. It's, it's just accepted and expected on the left as the term when talking about a pregnant woman. So women are on their way to being eliminated, I guess. How's this something that uh, a feminist should be happy about? Here's the first paragraph of that story from The Hill. Quote, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Wednesday issued an urgent health advisory, quote, strongly, unquote, recommending that people who are pregnant or lactating get vaccinated against COVID-19. So it's also, I guess, lactating people as far as, as, as well as pregnant people. It goes on to say that according to CDC data, only 31% of pregnant people have been vaccinated against COVID-19. The term pregnant people is used in every reference to pregnant women in the story. It's not pregnant women are not mentioned. It's pregnant people. Here's the last paragraph from the Hill. The CDC, this is a quote now, the CDC only last month officially recommended the vaccine for people who are pregnant or lactating, but has tried to make it clear that the benefits for both pregnant persons it's just it's just amazing, isn't it? And their fetus or infant outweigh known or potential risks. So you got pregnant people or people who are pregnant or lactating and pregnant persons. These people who think men can get pregnant, by the way, are the same people who are advising you and me on what to do about COVID-19. Why would anybody take any medical advice from anyone who tries to tell you that men can have babies? Again, this falls under my... Uh, my uh, coma theory. If you woke up after being in a coma for 10 years and read that sentence I just gave you from the from the story in the hill, you'd, you'd wonder what, what planet you woke up on. Anyway, uh, 2021 will be the year when a pregnant woman no longer was identified as a woman, but as a people or a person. And if this isn't somehow turned around, there's no hope for the human race, by the way, if this continues. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to take a look at what your life might be like if the Democrats get their way with their plan to spend $3.5 trillion. We'll hear an interesting plan for how to make sure everybody pays their fair share. Stick around. Brian 
right now, people are home with their pets more often, and I think especially with the shedding, they're more cognizant of what's going on and that it's an actual issue. Olive's got some skin issues. He gets really going and scratching. Excessive shedding, a lot of just scratching and itching. Digging, scratching and itching and biting. On top of that, he was starting to get black buildup in his ears. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I just heard the Dynavite commercial so many times that I said, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I ordered it and tried it, and it worked. We started Dynavite and in our first box, we noticed a difference, especially with the shedding. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. We've got four dogs, all different ages, all different sizes, and they've all just responded really well to the Dynavite, and they all love it. We will be using Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. We order our Dynavite from Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty. Warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Hey, Dad, what are you doing? Oh, hi, son. I thought I'd sing for the Legacy Box commercial. No, Dad, I want you to talk about Legacy Box, how it's the best way to digitize your family's home movies and photos. But there's no extra charge for singing. Thank you, but people need to understand that we can take old photos, VHS tapes, even film, and transfer them to DVD, thumb drive, or a digital download. Our trained technicians digitize everything by hand right here in the U.S., Don't worry, I'll cover all that. Legacy Box, Legacy Box, the best way to digitize home movies and photos so that they aren't lost. Proud of my son and his Legacy Box. Time's almost up. From sea to shining sea. Okay, I'll just read the rest of the ad then. Legacy Box is the best and easiest way to digitize your home movies and photos. Save 40% right now when you go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. That's 40% off at LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. Get deep discounts on MyPillow's mattress toppers, towels, and so much more. For example, Mike's offering a buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great specials. That's 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. 
This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the Democrats are still fighting over the infrastructure bill, and Joe Manchin of West Virginia uh, is showing no interest in signing on to a $3.5 trillion spending package. Neither is Kirsten Cinema. We can only hope that uh, they don't cave. Dr. Michael Busler is an economics expert and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey. He's here to tell us what to expect if this thing passes. Uh, Michael, thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. So uh, it's really just more than this $3.5 trillion package. Uh, there's a $1.2 trillion uh, infrastructure plan that at least has some Republican support. Uh, and then, of course, the most pressing problem we have is the debt ceiling. So the right now, the federal government is allowed to borrow $28.5 trillion, which they reached that limit at the end of July. Um, in August and September, they sort of robbed Peter to pay Paul, move some money around to keep things going. But sometime in the next week or two, they'll run out of the ability to do that. And Congress will have to raise the debt ceiling. Um, now that's going to be an issue. The Republicans don't seem to want to work with the Democrats at all, especially considering that if they do raise the debt ceiling, that will enable the Democrats to pass that five those five trillion dollars worth of spending packages. Uh, Michael, I want to make sure I have your. Uh, I'm pronouncing your name correctly. B u s l e r. Yeah, Bustler. 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 I, I figured it was 50-50 and I got it wrong. It happens every time. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, who, who decides, uh, if you can, if you can explain the debt ceiling, who decides um, how much they're allowed to borrow? Who comes up with the number? And then how does that number keep being bumped up? And then so it means nothing, basically. Yeah, so it's been bumped up, I believe, 80 times since they instituted it. It's passed by Congress. So it question whether that is the purpose. But the purpose is supposed to be to limit uh, the amount of debt that the federal government incurs. Let me give you a little bit of the big picture here. Um, in 55 of the last 59 years, the federal government has spent more money than it brought in in tax revenue and therefore had a deficit. How do they finance the deficit? They do that by selling bonds. Most of the bonds are bought by the public. Some are bought by foreign investors. And about 30% of the debt is bought by the Federal Reserve, who simply prints up money to um, pay for it. Um, One problem with that is uh, the federal government has no plan to ever pay any of this money back. In other words, what they do is they run a deficit, sell a 10 or 20 year bond, pay interest on it annually. The bond comes due. Government doesn't have the money to pay it back. So they sell new bonds to pay back the old bonds and roll over their debt. As a result of that, as you pointed out, this debt just keeps growing. And now it's up to uh, 28.5 trillion. If you add in what they spent in uh, August and um September, it's probably closer to uh, $29 trillion. So they're going to try to raise it up to, I'm not sure what they're going to end up yeah. with, uh, some number that will allow them to continue to um, borrow money, deficit spend. Um, and the Republicans are concerned if they raise it to like $35 trillion, then uh, Biden will say, okay, we've got enough room in there. We can just uh, uh, pass these packages and then we can borrow the money to, to pay for it. 
So let me just also add. Yeah. No, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no I was just going to say. Um, so, so people say to me, well, what, what's the problem with having a, a $30 trillion debt? Well, there are two problems. One, the interest on that this year will be about $400 billion. That's about 10% of the government's non-COVID government spending. And even if we incur no more debt, as we roll over the debt, all of this stuff we got at 1% interest is going to start to be at 2 or 2.5% interest. So even if we don't incur any more debt, you're going to double the interest expense up to 800 and maybe up to a trillion dollars. That's a trillion dollars a year you're going to pay, be paying on interest on the public debt. That's money that you can't use for productive purposes, government programs, whatever the government wants to spend. The second problem, which is even more worrisome to me, is if the government is pulling all this money out of capital markets, it may create a capital shortage. What will happen then? So the government's spending all this money, increasing demand in the economy. The hope is that business increases output to meet the new demand. But if business is going to increase output in our capital-intensive economy, they have to be able to raise capital. If there's a shortage of capital, because the government's pulling all this money out, if there's a shortage and they can't raise capital, then they can't expand. The only way to respond to high demand if you can't increase output is to raise prices. So you end up with inflation and a stagnant economy, a situation similar to what we had in the late 1970s that we called stagflation. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember that. I remember it well. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, and um, has there ever been a time when... The the federal government had a gigantic debt, um, you know, not in the trillions maybe, but, you know, adjusted for inflation and everything. Was there ever yeah. a time when there was a debt that was gigantic and looked uh, uh, close to being as insurmountable as what we have now, and it was somehow reduced to zero, or, clo- or, or drastically reduced at least? The answer is yes to both your questions. So... Uh, right now, the, the public debt will hit 30 trillion. G- annual GDP is about 22 trillion. So the debt is about 1.4 times higher than annual GDP. That occurred in 1946, right after World War II. Obviously, the government has spent tons of money uh, in sure. World War II. The public debt was one and a half times, uh, 1.4 times uh, annual GDP. But Members of Congress and the president said, well, the war's over. We can get the spending down. We're not going to go crazy with social programs. We'll get the spending down. By 1952, and I think in three or four of the years in Eisenhower's term, uh, he was able to balance the budget. So, yes, it has been done. The problem is, in 1946, it was easy to cut spending. We we just cut it out of the military. The, The war was over. Today, it's nearly impossible to cut government spending. Why do I say that? Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid count for about 60% of the government spending, non-COVID, and nothing COVID-related, but 60% of government spending. And politically, there's no way you're going to reduce that. If you get a politician stands up, I'm going to cut Social Security and Medicare, he's finished. So you can't touch that. Then you have 10% of the budget this year is interest on the public debt. So now you're up to 70% of the budget that is virtually untouchable. 
The last 30%, roughly, 15% is for domestic programs, about half, and the other half is for military and defense of the country. Those are the only two areas where we might be able to do some cutting, but the current administration wants to increase all the social spending, this $3.5 trillion package and infrastructure package. So the domestic side, they, they want to go up. Um, and on the military side, I guess, you know, you'll argue whether we want to scale down or uh, be able to defend ourselves, and we'll have that that debate. The bottom line is there's not a whole lot of room to cut government spending, and that's why it's it's so tough. We're talking to Dr. Michael Bussler. He's an economics expert, uh, professor of finance at Stockton University. Um, it, <laughs> So if if so, this began. Did this begin with the New Deal? Because you hear lots of Democrats and their friends in the media have been out there selling the notion uh, that it's not going to cost three point five trillion, by the way, and that it's actually uh, uh, you know this is going to be the greatest thing since the New Deal. And they're saying it's that the cost will be zero. Right. And I heard President Biden and Nancy Pelosi both say that and put up the zero sign that this will cost zero. Now, how that can, how you can spend $3.5 trillion and have a cost of zero is, uh, uh, something I think needs to be explained. There's really only two ways to do it. One, you cut spending in other areas. And as I just said, that's going to be extremely difficult, cutting spending in the, uh, the rest of the government budget. Or the other way is you significantly raise taxes. And if they're talking about zero effect on the deficit and the debt, then they're going to raise taxes by $3.5 trillion over the time period. Now he says, well, I'm only going to raise taxes on the wealthy over some people make over 400,000. The problem is that's only about one and a half percent of the population. So there's just not enough of them. I think there are some studies either just came out or came out that said, um, people making over $40,000 a year will see their taxes go up as a result of this $3.5 trillion package. Cause there's all kinds of hidden taxes on consumption. Uh, things like uh, uh, vapor cigarettes and uh, um, other consumer items. And whenever you put a tax on consumption, the lower income earners feel that the, the, the most because they end up spending a large portion of their income, whereas wealthy people end up spending a lot, but they end up saving a large portion of their, their income. So all of these tax increases will hit the middle class. And in my opinion, that, too, will lead to a stagnant economy with inflation. Because, again, you raise taxes on the, the wealthy, you're reducing how much capital is being formed. So why is that? Uh, people have three things to do with their income. The first thing is you pay taxes. What's ever left over, you spend or save. Now, for the average people like us, we pay what we think is too much taxes, spend for our lifestyle, and then try to save whatever uh, we can. For the very wealthy... They pay what they believe is a lot of taxes. They live, we have a very lavish lifestyle, but they have a large amount of capital left over that they can save, and that becomes investment capital. So if you raise taxes on the wealthy, you're gonna, they're gonna still maintain their lifestyle, but you're gonna reduce their amount of savings and therefore reduce capital formation at a time when the government has taken so much out of capital markets. Uh, because of the deficits, that will contribute to the capital shortage, which, again, will stagnate the economy and lead to inflation, in my opinion. That's really a great explanation of how this works. Um, <laughs> that that And, you know, I love it when I hear people like uh, Bill Clinton or uh, he's, he used to say it all the time, raise my taxes. 
No, I don't care. I'm, 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 I'm making enough. You can raise my taxes. And they act as though their taxes, people who at that point he was making $50 million a year doing speeches, at that point um, they, they would like you to believe that they're actually going to feel the tax increase. Uh, and it's going right. to affect their ability to live the way they want to, as you just explained. They're, they're, it's going to take a lot more money than that, a lot, a lot higher taxes than that, to make them notice the difference. But a very small increase can really kill somebody with a family making fifty, sixty thousand bucks a year. That's exactly right, and it's the the middle class. Um, ironically, the, the middle class doesn't pay a whole lot of federal income taxes. Most of the income taxes. The last number I saw from 2019, uh, 84% of all taxes collected are paid by the top 20% of income earners. Um, people, um, 47%, it said, of income, uh, households don't pay any federal taxes at, at, at all. Where the middle class is getting clobbered is Social Security and Medicare. You pay 6.2% of your uh, wages and your employer pays 6.2% for you. So you pay 12.4% of your wages in Social Security and 2.9% in Medicare. That's over 15%, way more than most people pay in um, federal uh, income tax. That's where the middle class is getting clobbered, and something needs to be done about that, I think. i got a little over two minutes left. I want to give you a chance to explain your plan to make sure that everybody pays their fair share. You have a plan for that. I do. And I've been pushing this for 25 years. So the plan is a single, I want to treat all Americans exactly the same. So the plan is a single rate tax of 15% single rate tax on all income above a livable minimum. A livable minimum is probably twice the poverty uh, level. So for a family of four, the livable minimum would be $50,000. For every dollar above that, you're taxed at 15%, no matter how many dollars you make, all income is taxed the same, whether it's wages, rent, interest, profit, dividends, or capital gains, it's all taxed at 15%, and the corporate income tax is also 15%, and there are absolutely no deductions for anything, no deductions for for anything. So you, you subtract your livable minimum, say you make 60,000 a year, you subtract your livable minimum of 50, that leaves 10,000 left over, you take 15% of that, that's $1,500 that you owe, and that's all that's involved in figuring out uh, taxes. The plan will be roughly revenue neutral in the beginning, and it will add to significantly, I believe, to economic growth and eventually raise more tax revenue than we're, uh, we would have raised under the current code. And everybody's treated exactly the same. Everybody pays 15% of every dollar that you earn, regardless of how you earn it or how you spend it. Everybody pays 15% of every dollar above the livable minimum. The wealthy are still going to pay more dollar, more tax because they're paying more, earning more dollars. Uh, but it's a proportionate increase rather than a disproportionate increase. I've been trying to push this for 25 years unsuccessfully. Yeah, it uh, sounds like a plan to me, um, uh, uh, Michael. I, I wish uh, you could get somebody to – I like the idea of a national sales tax. I don't think there ever should have been an income tax, and I think we see proof of that every day with, with some of the stupidity that's out there right now. I'm out of time, but I, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Dr. Michael Bussler from uh, Stockton University, thank you. 
Thank you. My pleasure. Look forward to doing it again. Love to. And we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. More than three dozen Republican senators opposed to marriage tax penalties in the Democrats' massive government overhaul. Utah's Mitt Romney and 32 of his GOP Senate colleagues have signed a letter arguing against harmful penalties for married couples in the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill that's being pushed by Democrats and the White House. The Republican senators say the bill makes existing tax penalties worse. They tell the Senate Majority Leader that discouraging marriage is not in our country's best interest and sends the wrong message to our families. Greg Clugston, Washington. Meanwhile, it's coming down to the wire for President Biden's economic and social package. In addition to trying to pass the plan, lawmakers facing a possible government shutdown, they need to approve new funding before midnight tonight. Stocks mix, the Dow is down 260 points, the Nasdaq ahead 56. This is SRN News. Listener that stands out that I worked with was this older couple that was interested in refinancing. They reached out to a few different lenders and, you know, their credit wasn't the best. I know some of these other bigger banks, you just won't hear back from them, which I cannot stand. Not everybody has the 780 credit scores and just because you don't qualify at one time doesn't mean that you'll never qualify. I'll walk you through what you have to do, whether it's two, three, six months from now. Back to that older couple, we worked with them for months and months to improve their credit. And we were able to get the loan done. We were saving them hundreds each month, thousands of dollars a year. Finally got themselves into a situation financially that they can handle and they could start saving money each month for retirement. End of the day, they just could not be happier, which just put a huge smile on my face. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to NMLS Consumer Access Federal or Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. AM 1250, The Answer, The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. And there's Kamala Harris nodding her head like a stooge. This is about the fact that your voice, your perspective, your experience, your truth cannot be suppressed. Yeah, speak your truth, speaking your truth. How about the truth? Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. Hello, AM 1250 listeners. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager at Salem Media here in Pittsburgh. Looking to upgrade your career? Increase your annual earnings? At Salem Media, we sell advertising campaigns to local business owners using our radio stations and Salem Surround assets featuring over 50 social media and digital products. If you have more than two years of successful outside sales experience, proficient computer skills, and a drive to be the best, please go to Salem.cc and look for Pittsburgh under the Careers tab. Salem Media Pittsburgh is an equal opportunity employer. Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian Travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you to new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. 
For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Heavy volume just about everywhere. Now, as you make your way to Liberty Bridge, you're going to see a big backup there on 579 on the Parkway East inbound. It's solid 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound heavy delays as well. Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood, Swissvale. Parkway West, and that's a solid line. Inbound 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound heavy Banksville Road to Carnegie. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Clear skies expected for tonight will reach a nighttime low of 45. Plenty of sunshine for tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 70. Patchy clouds tomorrow night with a low of 47. Saturday, we'll see a blend of sun and clouds. A beautiful start to the weekend. We'll reach a high Saturday of 76. Sunday will be overcast with a couple of showers. We'll reach a high Sunday of 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I didn't get a chance to run this by our last guest, Dr. Michael Bussler. But, um, I, this, I mean, again, it's my coma theory. If, if you woke up uh, and uh, just say that you woke up, you know, I don't know, 10 to 5, and you rolled over and turned your radio on and you heard me doing the open where I talked about pregnant people and uh, and lactating people and you say wait a minute what what where have I been what 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 planet am I on and so that would be the start and then I'm gonna and then you're still uh you know you're still a little bit groggy from having been in that coma I'm and I'm about to tell you this that Joe Biden wants to put a communist an actual self-proclaimed communist radical uh in charge of America's banks uh is her name is she's from Cornell University she's a law school professor uh S A U L E Omarova I I I don't know how to pronounce the first name Solly I'll call her uh he wants to put her in charge of the banking system the country's banking system now listen to this this is a little bit of her resume for you okay again this is Joe Biden who's supposed to be a centrist and he's in charge for the next uh, three and a half, almost three and a half years, if he does, if he makes it through, for any number of reasons. There's a good possibility he won't, but uh, let's just anyway. He's going to be around for a little while. This is this is uh, oh, her name is Omarova. She graduated from the Moscow State University in 1989 on the Lenin Personal Academic Scholarship. Now that's not Moscow, Idaho. Okay, it's the Soviet stinking union, Moscow State University, the Lenin Personal Academic Scholarship. How do you qualify for that scholarship? I'd love to know that. That was back in 1989, according to a story in The Wall Street Journal. And as recently as 2019, she was still praising the USSR economic system uh, it says here, as in some ways superior to our own. This is what she said. Say what you will about old USSR. 
There was no gender pay gap there. Market doesn't always know best. This is someone who Joe Biden wants to put in charge of the United States banks. Uh, and her goal is the eventual elimination of private banking and the establishment of the Federal Federal Reserve as the nation's only bank. This, this stuff is all uh, way above my pay grade with the Federal Reserve and, and the effects of all that. But, you know, it's uh, we're talking about somebody who went to the Soviet Union's Moscow State University. So do you need to know much else about this person? Of course, Bernie Sanders might have seen him on his honeymoon when he was over there, seen her out when he was over there. But this is what this is a quote from this woman, this idiot. Quote, the core idea here is simply to allow all U.S. citizens and lawful residents, local governments, non-banking firms and non-business entities to open transactional accounts directly with the Federal Reserve, thus bypassing private depository institutions. I'm pretty sure a depository institution is my bank where my checking account is. In this sense, she says, it is a variation on the familiar Fed accounts or FedCoin, digital dollar wallets, etc. theme. I don't know what that is. In principle, Fed accounts can be made available as an alternative to bank deposit accounts upon a person's request. Now, of course, this would all be, this is a federal bank, okay? So the the, the bank, the federal government, would know everything about your financial transactions, how much money you have in there, what you've spent it on, and this is you know this would go along with the uh, the three point five trillion dollars in debt and all the spending, and you'd have nothing to say about it. This is the person that um, um, Joe Biden thinks should be in charge of our banks. She wrote uh, this Omarova person that her proposal, quote, is deliberately radical in scope and substance. He wants her to be in charge of the banks. Uh, And this is what uh, Kristen Tate wrote for The Hill yesterday. Taken to its extreme, this would mean that the Federal Reserve, acting on behalf of Washington, could become the only place citizens could deposit their money. So... What she would be talking, this is, this is a, the President of the United States wants to put this person in charge of the banks. And she would have it so that you could only deposit your money in a federal bank, not a private bank, a bank controlled and monitored by the federal government. So I'll read it again. Taken to its extreme, this would mean that the Federal Reserve, acting on behalf of Washington, could become the only place citizens could deposit their money. Such a massive transformation would be accomplished by replacing consumer deposits into a new digital dollar held by the Fed. So you'd have no cash in your hand, and it would be all digital. What could go wrong there with everything uh, in, a, in a computer? Uh, and that's where all your money is. Your money is in the, a federal bank. Uh, so th- that's that's what um, that's what. Um, Joe Biden is uh, talking about. And the top Republican on the House Financial Services Committee, Patrick McHenry, this is what he said about her. I'm concerned Professor Omarova will prioritize a progressive social agenda over the core mission of the OCC, supervising and managing risk in our financial system. Our financial regulators must focus on a pro-growth, on pro-growth policies that foster innovation to build a robust 
and inclusive economic recovery rather than Democrats' obsession with vague social objectives. So she would be nominated to serve as comptroller of the currency. He's already nominated this person. And and um, it's almost like you're, you're living in a dream that, that this, this kind of stupidity and it's evil would actually exist. This is what this person, and here's the other thing. She's a professor at Cornell. How much does it cost you to send your kid to, to go to Cornell and listen to this idiot? And, uh, okay, it's one thing she's, a, she's an idiot, and she's a communist, obviously. Uh, and, you know, it's bad enough that she's up there teaching kids who are going to come out and maybe have a little bit of communist in them themselves by the time they get out of there. But he wants to put her in charge of the banks and make it so that my grandkids, instead of having a, a checking account like you and I have right now, they would have some kind of an account, a digital account in some federal uh, a, a federal reserve account that I guess you'd only be able to check by looking at your smartphone to see how much money you have. And any every dollar you take out or put in would be uh, known to the federal government. It's unbelievable that this kind of stuff is going on. And um, I don't see any end to it as long as these uh, communists are in, in charge. And, you know, you, you hesitate to refer to these people as communists. You know, we know they're socialists, 95% of them now, on the Democratic side. And if they're not socialists, they are maybe more centrist, but totally afraid of the socialists and unwilling to admit that they're not socialists. So that makes them socialists. Th- that's who's in charge. That's who we have in charge, and um, that's who this uh, and that's who Joe Biden, who's supposed to be a centrist, wants to put in charge of the banks. Um, I, I don't. That's this. This is stunning to me. I don't know about you, but um, maybe she should just go to Cuba. She, maybe she'd be happy down there. Um, but uh, just keep that name in mind. Let me find it here again. Um, this is Omarova, Saul, S-A-U-L-E, Omarova, O-M-A-R-O-V-A, and uh, she's going to be in charge of your money if Joe Biden has anything to say about it. We'll be right back. I'm Andy Solomon. If you see something, say something is more than just a slogan. It's how we protect our communities. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security's If You See Something, Say Something campaign program manager Ryan Streeter shares more. To keep our communities safe, it's important for us to stay alert and report suspicious activity. If you see suspicious activity, report it to the nearest local law enforcement agency. Be ready to describe what and who you observed as well as when, where, and why it was suspicious. September 25th marks the fourth annual If You See Something, Say Something Awareness Day, and DHS is encouraging everyone to participate. Use hashtag SeeSayDay to post on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook to share why recognizing and reporting suspicious activity is important to you. You can also visit our website for more ideas and share important resources to inform others. To learn more, visit dhs.gov slash day. If you're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. 
Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffett forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the Radio Listeners Specials. Get deep discounts on MyPillow's mattress toppers, towels, and so much more. For example, Mike's offering a buy one, get one free offer on Giza sheets. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. Enter promo code STAG or call 800 716 8087 for these great specials. That's 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Patrick was way behind on his IRS taxes. I was in way over my head. The total amount ended up being somewhere just over $30,000. $30,000. Then the IRS came to collect. Started getting letter after letter. A lien had been filed against me. They were going to basically like hang me completely out to dry. He had to do something. That's when I reached out to Optima Tax Relief. Patrick's life quickly got a lot easier. It was very easy. Pretty much hands off, you know. They picked up the ball and ran with it. And how'd it go? I couldn't believe it. I had to ask like two or three times. I saved an incredible amount of money. How does Patrick feel about Optima? Couldn't be happier. They definitely helped me. Optima Tax Relief, the best place to call. They're the best in the business. Do what Patrick did and call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. I worked in TV for a long time, uh, and I said at the time that the hiring was made, and I think I might have been still working there, I don't remember, uh, when Katie Cork was named to be the anchor of the CBS Evening News, I said it's one of the worst hires in the history of television. Everybody knew that the minute that she took the job, the clock was ticking when she would not have the job because she wasn't suited for it. She was a, um, uh, a, a, a the host of a co-host of the Today Show. She spent a lot of her time, you know, talking about recipes and uh, fashion, and then you know she would also do the hard news stuff. But she was not just not suited for a, a, an evening anchor job. Not because she's a woman, because there were other women who were much more suited. But anyway, she has a book out, uh, and it's called Going There. And uh, she she uh, does a lot of things to prove that she's a creep. Uh, and I, I ran into, I, I worked with, most of the people I worked with in television, the, the on-air people were, were really good people. 
Um, and every, you know, we all, and I, I'm, I'm sure they'll tell you the same thing about me. We, we all had egos, and uh, you have an ego, and you need to have one to be on television. And I tell the students I talk to that my approach, and I'd like to see them have it, just to, so that you come out, come across on the air as being confident. I think that when you go on television, especially if you're doing sports, uh, your attitude should be, I'm on TV and you're not. That's what you, that's the attitude you should have. And so that you jump out of the screen at them. And when you're talking to them, you may be saying something that's completely ridiculous or not true or whatever, but you say it with feeling and confidence. And that's how you build yourself up as someone who has some kind of credibility, assuming that you don't constantly deliver things that are stupid. But uh, it, this is – this. here's – one of the things that I had – it may be the thing that I had the least amount of patience for. And I have this no matter what your job is. There's nothing I despise more. And this happens a lot in TV because, you know, people are uh, on top one minute and gone the next because of ratings or they get too old or whatever reason they're moved out. And this is – I'm talking mostly about local news. But if when, – when, with one person – was doing the, let's say, anchoring the 6 o'clock news, and the decision was made to replace that person. And I hate to say this, but it happened with women more often than it did with men. But um, the person who's removed resents the person that replaced him or her. And the, that the resentment is what I had zero uh, um, patience with. If I if I have this job doing this radio show and I get fired today and you are hired to replace me, why should I be mad at you? There's two people I should be mad at. My boss for firing me or me for not being good enough not to get fired. Those are the only two people that should be uh, that that I should be mad at. And uh but I, I I should not be mad at you because you had the nerve to take my job. Well, in in going there, Katie Corrick when I saw this in this story, I knew that, you know, she's a creep. Sorry, but uh, she's not somebody you want to work with. Couric admits that she gave Ashley Banfield the cold shoulder earlier in, early in her career because helping her would have been, quote, self-sabotage. That's what she actually said. Uh, and so sh- she saw Ashley Banfield as a threat to her uh, position at... Uh, Katie at, at uh, CBS, uh, no, at, this was at NBC at the time. So she she uh, went out of her way not to be nice to her and not to help her get better at her job because it was self sabotage and it would only hurt, uh, only increase the chances that she'd be bumped out of there. Um, and this is what she says here: uh, she admits she had bad feelings for uh, Deborah Norville too, but uh, she said. Uh, she says here, she admits that during her time at Today, she was unwelcoming to other women because she felt like she needed to, quote, protect my turf. She writes that she was aware that someone younger and cuter was always around the corner, and she singled out Ashley uh, Banfield as an example. She said, for a minute there, Ashley Banfield was the next big thing. I'd heard her father. I heard her father was telling anyone who'd listen that she was going to replace me. In that environment, mentorship sometimes felt like self-sabotage. This is a really bad person. Uh, you know, if you are, 
first of all, she was being paid $15 million a year when she went to CBS. She was making probably half that at NBC today, maybe more than half of that. But when you when you take the job, you are in a position, there are only three network evening news anchors uh, in America on the three networks, and you're one of them. Uh, so it's up to you to continue to prove each day that you belong in that seat. And if you don't, you'll be taken out. But it's television. And and it's television. And I used to say all the time, um, I, when I was working uh, on KDK-TV or when I was at Channel 4, uh, the boss likes me. I'm making a good buck. I've got a good job. I love my job, which I did. And... But they could hire, and, and I think I'm pretty cool, man. I'm, you know, I got this. I, I have this job, and I'm going to be here forever. Well, then they hire a new news director, and he comes in and sits down, and he, and he looks on this. He's sitting in his office watching the six o'clock sports, and he says, "Who's the guy with the mustache? He stinks. Get him off of there. He's out of here." I'm, what, I'm the first thing I do is figure out what it, what it's going to take to replace him. Well, I was the same guy. Uh, for the previous how many years uh, until he saw me, and he decided that I stink. That doesn't mean I stink. It only means that he thinks I stink. And maybe I did stink. But the only thing that matters is who's who's writing the paycheck, and and you know who's signing the paycheck, and who's making the decision about who's on the air and who isn't. So Katie Couric, uh was so insecure, and you know she she must have known inside her head that. Being perky was not exactly going to be the thing that you needed to be uh, as the CBS Evening News anchor. But I, I just want to just here's the way to sum this up uh, to give you an idea of what a creep this is, just and, and how unprofessional it is. Just for a second, imagine Walter Cronkite saying the same thing that she said about Dan Rather. I saw this guy Dan Rather, and he was cute. And and I knew that he was the next cute thing coming around the corner. I wasn't going to help him out because he might take my job. Walter Cronkite may have believed that, but Walter Cronkite, I'm guessing, I didn't know Walt. He all he had he had enough confidence in his ability to do the job that nobody was taking his job away. And if they did, he'd go get another one. So uh, this is this is Katie Couric. Uh, I'm going to uh, make. Sh- uh, 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 make it make it uh, a commitment here to not fail to miss reading her book. I, I don't want to read her book. Although if she's she's going on a, like a fourteen city book tour, I'll be happy to have her on the show. Um, I don't know. She, I, I probably I probably chicken out and not tell her I think her she's a creep. But, I, but anyway, I would I would I would ask her about that though. If she came on, but she's not going to come on this show. Um, so uh, that book's coming out. I don't know when, uh, but it's uh, it's called going there and she rips everybody and uh one person said that uh, she'll never get a job in television again uh because of it uh and so and that, so that's something I, I i tell my my kids my grandkids everybody and it doesn't just apply to if you're on tv or radio you have a job that you like if you are removed from that job and you're replaced by someone how stupid and how shallow and how ridiculous is it for you to feel uh, some kind of resentment toward the person who took your job? 
Feel the resentment towards yourself for not doing a good enough job to keep it. Or go yell at the boss and tell him he's an idiot for firing you. But leave the person who takes over for you alone. It's not their fault they got the job. Ambition's a good thing. And if I go after somebody else's job and I get it, I'm not apologizing to the person who lost their job. That's the way it is in a competitive field. And that's it for today. And I'll talk to Yins tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.